Welcome to Collecting Real Estate. This is a podcast where we discuss the collections that real estate investors have built and dive into the stories, habits, and decisions that got them to where they are. My name is Stephen Paris, and I'm here with my co-host, Bill Hamill. Good morning, Stephen. It's a pleasure to be with you today. I just wanted to point out that you're on a working vacation in Puerto Rico, which I'm sure uh, you're having a great time. How can't you? Uh, tell us what you're doing this past week. Yeah, it's been a great time. It, it, it's really fun to work with peers. I'm visiting a friend from high school who recently purchased, I guess you could call it a villa, a compound here in the rainforest, El Yunque in Puerto Rico. So there's a good group of us, I think six or nine, 12, I don't know. And so, you know, all week we all are working remote and it's really fun to work with peers and, and have that motivation, something different. It's a really good, good scene. Um, and then looking forward to this weekend. No, that's cool. I'm glad that you're able to do that. I, I didn't realize, you know, you had so many people down there. I know that your buddy was, was living down there and, and you were heading down to do this type of thing, but six or nine people that, that, uh, you know, that's gotta be fun. Yeah. It started out as three or four. And then it seemed like as we were talking about it more and more, just one more person would get added on and the group kept growing and it's been great. Awesome. Awesome. So uh, is there a degree of collaboration between uh, all of you guys sharing what you're doing and uh, talking about different uh, ideas for each other? Definitely. It's just fun to see where everyone is because it's people that we grew up with, you know, middle school friends. And so to, to see what they're doing with their job and, and how it's different, but there's also similarities and to see what they're excited about in the future. Is, it's really been a good time. Fantastic. So Let's get into this today because I'm sure you have uh, something that you have planned today. I, I don't know what that is. If it was me, I'd be looking for a cliff to dive off of. That was yesterday. Today's golf. Awesome. <laughs> well, I know, I know that's your, your thing. So uh, yeah, let's, let's do it. So what I wanted to do today, uh, we just want to you know, talk about some of our successes. You've, you've been in this real estate game here for, you know, just a short amount of time. And in, in seven months, you know, you, you've had some success buying a couple, pro actually one property, but you're ready to close on another. Why don't you tell us about it? Yeah, I started working with you in January. And to get right into it, I closed on the first duplex in June and planning on closing on eight units in October. And I've always had an interest in real estate, but I'm really curious as to whether or not I would have any units right now if I didn't start working for you. Um, it's just so helpful having that mentorship, that guide. Um, you know, I've tried to work on like a clothing brand for a number of years, probably seven years. And I really haven't gotten anywhere with that. And I think one of the biggest differences is having that person guide you along and really tell you where to take that next step and how to do it. Um, I did make a goal of 10 units when I first started working for you. So to be able to hit that in the first year is really satisfying, really rewarding. And I'm excited for, for the next year. Oh, that's cool. So that's funny The you know, goals are so difficult because especially in real estate investing, it's so uncertain what that next deal looks like, but for you to have a, 
you know, those unit numbers match exactly your, your goal criteria, um, you're on track. That's fantastic. So, yeah, I, I guess it's much easier to really gain that type of knowledge and that momentum when we're working together on a daily basis. So you're able to really soak in a lot of uh, what I've done over the past many, many years and, and see what's worked, what hasn't worked. And, you know, with that said, I, that's the point of our podcast today uh, to help as many people as we possibly can. I know it's not going to be as easy or not easy, nothing's easy, but it's not going to be as straightforward with your able, what you're able to accomplish working along with me where we're talking to people out in the audience that are hopefully going to soak in as much as they possibly can on what I'm able to share and, you know, maybe use a, a little bit or a lot of it to build their businesses. Yeah, it's, it's not a quick process. It's just constantly listening to podcasts and picking up little things here and there and taking things from everyone you listen to and then using those to find what works for you because you have your own set of resources and your own skill set. But it, it takes that daily commitment of just trying to learn. Yeah, I'm glad you brought that up because that's one thing that I probably discussed with you early on in our relationship was everybody's different. Everybody has a different set of resources. Everybody has a different journey. Everybody has a different past and everybody has to reflect and really brainstorm how they're going to be able to utilize all that to take action. That's mm -hmm. the key. And I'm very impressed with what you've done because you've taken action. You know, you had, you know, you're looking at the market, you're at the first, you know, you're, you want to take serious action where hopefully that's where I did help you out a little bit where I'm like, and, and I can appreciate this because this is how I was early on. Where it's just like, whoa, 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 whoa. You don't want to buy that house. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, but when properties did come along that, that were worth taking action on, you know, you didn't hesitate. Yeah, I tend to, I've heard the uh, driver and the filter. I don't know whose theory that was, but in the partnerships, one person just wants to, see, everything they see, they want to buy. They just get so excited. And I think I have a little bit of that problem where as, as soon as I walk into a house, like, oh, this is great. I, I love this house over here. I, lo I love this part of it. I love the neighborhood. And you need someone else to say, yeah, but there's, there's mold in the basement. <laughs> we don't want that house. Right. Um, but yeah, I, I definitely get excited every time I walk into a new property. Well, I wish I had that mentor when I was 21 because I, I didn't even finish that book that I originally read. Off I went and I went and bought a property that I probably shouldn't have at the time. And fortunately, it worked out. We, we bought, held it for many, many years. So we, we did learn a lot with that property and it worked out in the end based on just being very determined. Mm -hmm. And fortunately that neighborhood gentrified and it, it worked out super well at the end once we did sell it. But um, getting into some of uh, my successes this past year, we can share with the audience and then we'll get right into how they may be able to help uh, or be helped by, you know, some of our trials and tribulations over the years. Back um, right before I met you and I had decided to sell a large portion of our portfolio, my focus became just acquiring large multifamily acquisitions. And that focus is key 
because it's strange how life works where next thing you know, I get that call from, from our uh, favorite broker appraiser who, uh, you know, brought uh, me a deal that uh, was an estate property and it was half vacant, way under rented, needed some work. I had some familiarity from uh, helping the, the, the former owner in the past. And, you know, we got a 16 unit in that Malta Mechanicville area of New York that we were able to reposition and really value add to that. And uh, that's worked out fantastic. We're actually refinancing that soon so we can roll some of that money into, you know, another deal. In April, same broker, gotta love them, brought me something similar where it was uh, kind of an estate deal, meaning, you know, they had two partners, one partner passed away, they had owned it for the past 32 years and they priced it right. It had a lot of upside potential on raising rents, chopping expenses. I think they were experiencing what we call cost creep in this business. They had established, you know, relationships with a lot of vendors that like to, well, I'm sure they offered great services, but they were being paid very, very well. So we were able to get those rents up, chop those expenses and really take advantage of that upside potential driving that NOI up and forcing that value. So we're, we're on the tail end of repositioning that one. And we're going to be closing on a 60 unit in Latham in a few weeks. And same idea. It's a kind of a mom and pop style owner. He's owned the property for um, well over 20 years. He likes strong occupancy. He likes long-term tenants. And a lot of the times with that comes low rents. There's some value add opportunity because he didn't spend a lot of money. And it's a location that deserves, you know, the property to have serious upgrades. For example, granite countertops and, you know, a landscape and a lot of things on the property that will invite fantastic tenants that will pay a premium rent. So I'm excited about that one because it's going to fit that same mold, you know, buy value add reposition. And, uh, you know, it's going to be worth so much more, you know, in a year or two or three. And then we're able to do that, that burr method that everyone loves so much. Lastly, I was just brought a deal from a friend that's uh, got the boots on the ground, so to speak, in the Tampa area of Florida. So right outside St. Petersburg in Pinellas Park, I was invited into a deal on a 44 unit that would just went under contract. And that's going to be a syndication. So now I'm uh, putting a, a lot of my efforts over the last couple of days into making all my phone calls to those soft leads that I've nurtured over the past seven, eight, nine months to, uh, you know, see if I can raise a good chunk of money to, in, uh, to uh, put into that syndication and make that happen. I'm really excited for the 60 unit. It's a great location. And just to see that progressive scale of, you mentioned the 16 to the 39 to the 60, that's really what you want to see. And then to be able to diversify your portfolio in Florida, it seems like everything's working out really well this year. No, it's, it's, it's absolutely fantastic to 
step away from hands-on property management. I, I, I did that for so long and it was a job. It really was. I got into this business to have a certain amount of freedom and to build wealth. And, and, and that was all great. It had, you know, I was very passionate about it for so many years, but then over the past eight, 10 years, it just turned into a job. And I'm so happy that I made that decision because now we're having fun, mm -hmm. you know, finding properties that are, that are worthwhile to purchase, doing the value add repositioning and putting them in the portfolio is, is, is what I really enjoy to do. I like the rule of if you want to be an investor, you shouldn't know the name of your tenants. If you want to be a manager, that's great. We need great managers too, but know your role. No doubt. No doubt. And, and I think that, uh, you know, you've made some decisions based on, you know, what I spoke about from my history. Yeah. I think if I didn't hear your stories, I would have tried to manage this eight unit just because I would want to save money. You know, I, I see that line item and I say, Oh, I could, I could save that and do it myself. But knowing what I do from hearing your stories, it just makes sense to outsource that management in the beginning and focus on the things that I know I can do, like find investors and cold call property owners and try to build a portfolio. Love that. Love that. I, I, I really am happy that, you know, you are soaking in a lot of that and, and you're benefiting by, based on the relationship that we've been able to form. So, you know, going forward here, I, I really do have a desire at this point in my career to, you know, to help people that are in the business or just getting in the business. So, you know, they can benefit from my successes and my failures and to explain what I would do all over again. And for that to soak in with some people to, you know, if they're, if they're looking to do one thing, but they hear me say something, it may make them reflect a little bit and mm -hmm. reconsider or not. That's, that's the whole point of this podcast is to, just to yeah. give that information. There's so much to learn. Absolutely. So, you know, I wanted to start off with that limiting belief theory that many of us have heard. And early on, I was a small property guy. I was just so so in tune on buying the smalls and I got used to buying them. I got good at them and just didn't think that large multifamily, larger apartment complex were within my capabilities. And I didn't even know what a limiting belief was at that point, but you know, that was my mindset. And, and I just want to, you know, uh, explain to people that, you know, with, with proper education, you can go bigger, faster. Do many people or do I encourage you to start small? Yes, absolutely. I think that is the way to go. Learn the business, go a year or two or whatever someone's comfort zone is. But if you, if you want to grow your business and get into larger stuff, you know, it's possible for any of us. I think the house hacking model, as they like to call it, is so important. Um, get a duplex, get, wherever you live, find a way to rent out part of that space. And then you just get an idea for the property management. You get an idea for being an owner and you lose the fear of the unknown. Because once you buy that two family, I think at that point, if you're ready to, th there's no problem in scaling and buying a 20 unit, a 30 unit, if you have the means, because it's really not that different. It's still the same process. Yeah, no doubt. And, and I think that's, that's what you're learning on your two family. Yep. Yep. And I'm lucky to have a great tenant there. So that's been easy. 
I know that not every tenant is, is so easy to manage, but that's just part of the part of the game. No, I'm glad that guy's working out for you. Um, number two is is just that focus. I was I was so focused on hands-on property management early on, and and even well into my career, I was focused on doing maintenance. I was I I didn't know how to swing a hammer early, you know, at the beginning, but I learned probably the biggest mistake I ever made because I did get good at some stuff and what I got good at, I spent a lot of time on. So I turned into a rehabber. Mm-hmm. I turned into a property manager and I just explained it uh, over on a podcast um, over the last couple of days where by 2012, after accumulating, you know, over 200 apartments, I realized that I was a full-time hands-on property manager and I wasn't focus, focusing on acquisitions really at all. So, mm-hmm. you know, you wonder why you can't grow your business when your focus is on that job that I created. It so, makes me think back to the book I told you I was reading on the way down here, the E-Myth, where you have the technician, the manager, and the entrepreneur, and you, you really have to use all three. No, and, and, and that's a great point. I loved that book, but also, and, and this is just me, I read that book years ago. But just by reading the book isn't going to solve the problem. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I didn't do anything about it or, you know, I, I did do something about it, but my results still didn't reflect, you know, the whole idea of that book. Yeah, to read a book and say, oh, yeah, that makes sense. And then a week later, you just go back to your daily habits. Yeah, that, that and that's that's funny you say that because. You know, I've gone to a lot of, you know, different personal development events, you know, specifically, I, I always, uh, you know, rave, rave about the Tony Robbins events and we all go there. You got four or 5,000 people who all get jacked up and we're, we're all in this, in this together and, and we're all learning all of these special things with personal development. And the reality of it is there is such a small percentage of people one, two, three weeks later that are actually even doing anything that we learned at those events. Yep. So next I want to get into, um, you know, lenders, you know, as we get into buying properties, we're always, we have to fund those investments. Uh, It's not realistic that you're going to be a cash buyer from beginning to end. That's for sure. So the mistake that I made was uh, I, I did develop a relationship with a great lender that took a chance on us early on with a, with a commercial auction property that we, that we did very well on, but then I, I valued that relationship so much where I utilized them solely for so many years. And I, I, I left so much money on the table by not having banks competing for our business. At this point in time, it's my main focus in addition to just, you know, getting into um, acquiring larger multifamily is getting, you know, I say at least three, but in all reality, I probably have five or six banks that have my information. They're following up with me pretty regularly and I'm telling them and they agree with me that, you know, hey, I'm talking to all your competitors and, you know, you guys are going to compete for my business. And it's amazing. It's amazing the rate and terms that I'm getting compared to what I did in the past. Yeah, and a small change in rate changes so much money. And and it's really any part of the business. Like you mentioned, the 39 unit, they had the same people doing the same jobs for a long time. That's that that creeping, you said, where the price just seems to go up and up. And and if you don't 
have different businesses competing against each other, you're not going to get the best value that you can. Absolutely. Same thing with insurance. You know, a lot of people have come across in, in the group that I'm involved in that are asking about, you know, different uh, levels of service from their insurance agents. You get a, you get a property under contract, you talk to your, the insurance person, and then, you know, four weeks later, you get your quote where, you know, it's like, hey, does anybody have any luck getting any, you know, better timeliness out of their, their insurance people? And in the way I've responded to some of those people is I, I, I've had luck dealing with insurance agencies that are actually owners of that agency. They understand what we're doing based on our goal being buying multiple properties per year and doing this as a career. So they, they understand that, you know, we're going to be a very, very good customer and you know, hate to say it, but very, very good customers, you know, deserve great service. Yep. And it's hard because you build a relationship with that person that you're working with. So you, you don't want to look elsewhere, but you have to do what's best for the business. No, we call for an insurance quote. I don't want to be unreasonable, but, you know, we need it in a reasonable period of time, uh, prefer preferably at least, you know, by a week or less. Yep. So, Lastly, I just want to get into being a property manager so long and some people are managing their properties or some are asset managing is to, you know, ask great questions when you're hiring a property manager, because at the end of these questions, it's going to make it so much easier to know who's a good fit for you. So I just want to rattle them off very quickly how long they've been managing apartment buildings how many units they manage, what style investments, um, how they advertise apartments, the occupancy rate that they expect for your properties, their renewal strategy is key when you're raising rents to have a strategy with those tenants when they call and say, why are you raising my rent? You know, you have to have a strategy to that phone call so the tenant is comfortable um, you know, paying that higher rent. Not just the owner told me to do so. Exactly. <laughs> and, and there's more questions and I don't want to get into them because, you know, I want to respect our listeners time, but, um, I, I do want to point out that the management system that, um, I created over the past 10 or 12 years, when I did realize that I had to become an owner of my business not and not to continue being an operator of the business. That was a huge mistake I made. And, and once again, you know, I, I developed this system. And after four or five years of, of working this system, I still struggled. I still struggled working on the business to the point where in 2017, I, I, I developed a serious health issue that uh, allowed me to really reflect on the business and, and my life in 2019. That was the ultimate decision of, of liquidating a huge portion of our portfolio. Fortunately, we, we kept you know, a good portion of the multifamily, which still fits into our, our buying criteria, our buy and hold criteria now. Um, but at this point, it's that focus on purchasing, repositioning, and portfolioing large multifamily acquisitions because I'm 50 years old. And at this point, 
I want to have fun in this business. Mm-hmm. And, and, and that's it, man. That's it. And when you're focused on it every single day, you're going to see results. That's it, man. So that, that was my intent on this podcast today. We have talked about all of this stuff over the past seven months since, since we've been together. And I, I just wanted to share it with all our listeners. Be, you, know, I, you know, I think it does have some value. Absolutely. I think there's a lot of value also in the property management system that you mentioned, which is available on our website, hamilrealestate.com. There's so much value in that for anyone that does, even if they're not self-managing, just to go through there and find little pieces of information that they can relay to their manager. A lot of value in there. Success leaves clues. I love, love yeah, that Yeah, geez, there, there's so many of those little sayings that, that, so, that, that ring true. And what we're also going to be doing, we have been doing, is, is making small videos on different portions of that system that we've been putting on LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram. And uh, we're going to you know, start putting them on the website right next to the management system. So you know, people are able to uh, jump on them in five-minute increments and you know, hopefully getting value out of them uh, slowly but surely. Yeah, it's really nice. If you need one piece of information, you know, you can go on there and find it. So who's, uh, who are you playing golf with? Is anybody as good as you? <laughs> well, I don't have my uh, golf shoes, so I'll be in some running shoes. And I also don't have my club. So and oh, you I'm playing an ocean course, so I might actually leave the driver in the bag today and just hit it straight. Excellent. Hey, wow. That's the name of the game, right? Right. <laughs> All right, Stephen, I'm going to let you go because you're in Puerto Rico. I'm sure it's 90 degrees and sunny. And, uh, you know, I'm going to go have some fun. As you should. Thank you uh, for, for helping the listeners, Bill. Like we said, I think there's a lot of value here, and I hope people can learn from this. Fantastic. Have a good weekend. You too. Peace.